I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton, JMS if you're lazy. I'm a comedian and I'm ignorant and that's why we're here, for me to ask all the stupid questions that we all have, or maybe just me, uh, some of us have that we're afraid to ask because we don't want to look like idiots, but guess what? I have no shame. So I'm here weekly, usually taking the idiot bullet, bullet, idiot bullet for all of us. I need more coffee. Listen, if you're new to the podcast, please, please, please subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes. It helps, helps other people find it. And uh, that helps other people learn the answers to all of our ignorant questions. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who subscribed, reviewed. If you haven't go over and do that, please. I'll just keep asking. Shout out to my best idiots forever, Gene and Kathy, over on Patreon, and my new patron, Edward August. And you can be a patron uh, by going to patreon.com slash ignoranceisblessed. All one word, no hashtag, no nothing. You get cool postcards, which I'm getting a chunk of in the mail because I fell off off the wagon kind of with those. Listen, the point is you get everything. It just sometimes comes uh, sporadically, (laughs) but it arrives. Just get over there. Um, bonus content, uh, at least one monthly bonus podcast. And that, uh, I always make sure to get in sometimes under the deadline. We've got one with the, uh, awesome Steve Ranazizi is going to pop on. So that'll be the one for February and we have more to come and there's more there and uh, other cool stuff. So check that out. Help support the podcast. It helps me stay afloat and not, uh, try to sell you things that I don't actually use, uh, in bullshit advertisements. Anyway. If you want to see me live, jmscomedy.com slash shows. I will be in LA for quite a while. And I paused it because Steve was telling me I need to turn the air off in the comedy condo we are both in. Uh, So anyways, if you heard anything in the background, sorry. Uh, I am really bad with audio and lazy. Anyways, let's get to our guest. Okay, so just so you guys know this week, uh, heavy topic, kind of. Uh, It's uh, Amber Donnelly who... uh, was in a polygamous sex cult. <laughs> uh, so, like a Mormon, I don't know, it's heavy, you guys. It's a heavy, heavy topic. And um, we touch on some heavy things. And sometimes we uh, are a little bit light about them. And um, so, I guess, trigger warning for abuse, sexual, emotional, physical, um, in fact, it was so kind of like a lighthearted casual chat that afterwards Amber sent me a statement that she uh, wanted me to read. Uh, so here's that before we start uh, from Amber Dawn. I realized upon reflection that I undervalued my own pain that the sexual abuse put on me by adult cult members caused. It affected many years, relationships exploded, and I had years of challenges, including suicide attempts. I owe JMS listeners and anyone else to know that deep layer of truth is there too. Pain is real and so fucking real, but so is laughter. So I did have the tears before and sometimes still do. So with trauma, I protect myself by stating it as less harmful than it really was. Forgive me for the ballyhoo I've made of what really was abuse in its finest form. Today I laugh, tomorrow I cry. 
then repeat, and that's the glory of acceptance and trusting God and moving on by helping others. Um, so uh, that is her statement, and I think anyone with um, any type of trauma can relate to uh, making light of it as a form of, you know, self-preservation uh, and, you know, keeping it together at times. So I appreciated that statement. I think you guys all will too. Um, it's a very fascinating story. She has led an interesting uh, uh, life, a uh, little bit crazy. It's like Kimmy Schmidt times darkness. I don't know. Uh, anyway, no further ado, here is the uh, wonderful Amber Don Lee. Uh, we'll just dive in. Hello, idiots. That's what I call my fans. It's a weird thing. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> I am here. <laughs> it's what I call society. Yeah. Um, I'm here with Amber Don Lee. Thank you for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I mean, where do we start? We met a few years ago. Yeah, we were just talking about this. We met at a show that Samantha Hill did. Um, yeah, great comedian. She'll be on the podcast soon as well. Yeah, and... Uh, she actually got me over the hill. I'm in the valley now, so now she got me over oh, the hill. I'm very proud of her for that. Oh, yes. my God. Once you get over here, you're like, oh, this is pretty great. Why did yeah. I why? resist the valley? Why? Do, yeah, and, and also, why do I resist leaving the house? It's actually kind of fun in the real world. Oh, you know? I like, know. That's so, it's social anxiety is so fucking hard because it's just like, yeah, it's almost like mentally as if your door is so heavy you can't leave you know what i mean and then what's so weird is there's nothing at all that i'm actually afraid of no it's just that that what's the worst thing that could happen is what yeah that's i get the same (laughs) way too where i don't even have a specific thing that i'm worried about i'm just like ah they're gonna see me and they're gonna say that's the girl that doesn't have a whole bunch of instagram followers i know they're (laughs) like she's not as famous as this other person and then they look at me (laughs) yeah uh that i mean truly a nightmare in this town sometimes it is it is that's the one thing i do love about doing the road is you get a break from la yeah and then as much as i'm like oh i should be back in la you're supposed to be around or whatever but there's that panic feeling of i'm supposed to be back in la because the week that i'm gone something's gonna happen that that'll week. be the one that's how it feels is that it's like and there's been times when i have been out doing something you know in a different city or state and then i'll get the call there's an yeah. audition I have, and I'm like, you've got to be, with the amount of time that goes by with nothing yeah, when I'm in town, exactly. and then I'm like, like, a, a year is what I'm talking, like, yes. I will go a year without a single audition or anything, Yeah, and then the one day I leave, it's like, okay, the next morning, okay, we got to do something. The moment you're gone, it's like someone hits you up. I've been hit up for like, yeah. Big auditions. Maybe we should start leaving more often. I mean, I yeah. should. Well, you you leave a lot. I know. I probably leave too much. Abandonment. I mean, <laughs> I'm a leaver. Are you a leaver? Okay, let's just dive in a little and yes. just talk about your story because I kind of for the people who have who follow my Facebook group and stuff, I kind of prep them by just being like fundamentalist Mormon, and I threw out Zion Society, and some of them are like, whoa, you know. Yeah. But, but I want to talk about your story a little. So. Okay. How did you end up in a religion? Well, let's just talk about the uh, first of all, you know, some people they might not know that a fundamental polygamist is basically it's a guy that is married to more than one wife. Pig. And most <laughs> yeah, and most of the time it's to, you know, they marry very young 
because they don't have they don't follow the laws of the land they follow what they feel are the like the laws of god of god yeah oh so are there men marrying like underage oh for sure yeah oh like really yes underage yeah yeah yikes How like and then they're not they're not legal weddings either. So just like, you know, when you're watching um, uh, one of the shows on on TV now about the polygamists, it's like, oh, they're, yeah. they're like spiritually married. So, so there's no legal rights right. to anything. Exactly. So I mean, if the man dies, the women are yeah, fucked. You can't go to court. I was spiritually married to him, too. No, but I'm the legal wife. I get everything. Yeah, there's it's no like, spiritual alimony. Right. <laughs> right. Fucked. It's just like uh, Cody Brown from the uh, Sister Wife show. He divorced his first wife and he married another wife just so that she could get benefits for her kids. It's like, Whoa. and he did, even did that on TV. So that's what was going on in the groups, like like on a huge scale, like just huge welfare fraud. Okay. But wow. I don't know why I went off into the fraud already. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's we've get got... back to the weird, crazy well, stuff. Were you born <laughs> into a Mormon family? No, I was actually born to a, uh, a hippie mom. Okay. And she was an alcoholic and she, um, Sounds she familiar. was friends with some people at a head shop and she basically, you know, traded me for, for a pipe at the head shop. Wow. Yeah. You're like, not even a high end bong mother. I know. I'm like, I am definitely worth a bong, but. <laughs> Like you, like you were saying though, I used a, a bong as an umbilical cord. That's her umbilical so... cord was my bong when I was, you know. Yeah, you were just getting all of her, me. getting all of it. Yeah. Wow. So that's like a deep. I mean, I so, have. We're like up top with the <laughs> yeah. abandonment issues. High five. Yes. But man, how old were you? Like I a, was about six weeks old. Okay. Yeah. So I was a baby. So you don't and, have a memory of that incident. No, I don't. But I have. Um, you know, that's still that need. Like, where is she? Why did she leave? Of course. And and especially, you know, it was a head shop. Yeah. You know. That's such a random. <laughs> so what happened? So she th- then the she went and she robbed a bank. <laughs> Crazy. You know. Well, like, yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, <laughs> girls got to work. I guess it's like, you know, I got to. What else is this? Can't you have know? this baby ruining my bank robbery. I know. And I was, you know, affecting the lifestyle. So she left me at a head shop and uh, <laughs> traded me, been... you know, traded me again. So she went off and robbed the bank and went to prison. And the people at the head shop, they decided, we, well, they might as well just raise me. So she just left and they were like, well, I guess. Like, yeah, they saw Did her. Did she leave you like, hey, we can you babysit can her? Can you watch her for a while? It okay. wasn't it wasn't like a, a one day, two days, like just an, an extended stay because I've got to figure some things out. And they were like kind. People. They were like, uh, well, cool. Like, you know, I guess, you know, a baby is good for business. Yeah. So people love shop. babies. Yeah. You know, makes us the customer friendly. The customers can hold, you know, hold me as they smoke a pipe, you know, yeah, that's <laughs> great. pipe and. You're just like part like, of the you know, ambiance. Yeah. I mean, my pampers smelled like Nag Champa. <laughs> <laughs> I knew how to smoke before I could walk. But, you oh, know, I mean, you know, yeah. Damn. And people wonder why I'm an artist. <laughs> I mean, it would be you with the, sometimes when you hear people's lifestyles like this, you go like, it'd be really crazy if you had a corporate job and you were just. Yeah. Falling in line with like the nine to five. Oh, I do that. I, I used to work in the corporate world um, during the buffet hour at the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so. somebody's got to get that nine to five. So the Mormon missionaries, which are the mainstream Mormons, they are not like the reg- the fundamental. These are like the elders. People. These are like short sleeve tie yeah. kids on bicycles. Yeah. Who knock on your door and want to be, you know, uh, who go and um, go on Mormon. missions and, you know, yeah. They teach the gospel and um, are absolutely not gay. 
Yeah, sort of like a <laughs> former guest. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I should have said that before the yeah, uh, I was listening to your the podcast here about your former guest. I don't what was his name, Seth? Seth. Yeah. What? Talking about the Mormon religion. I think I have Alzheimer's. Yeah, okay. Seth, well, yeah. He was talking about the Mormon religion and I was just so fascinated that how he how he talked he would say the most outrageous, insane things, but then he would say words like, okay, and then jo- golly, and gee, you know, you know, that's right, and oh, you betcha. And like, he would just like, you know. Yeah, I, he was like so sweet. A 14-year-old, you know, who decided that there was going to, you know, that these golden plates that were that came over on a little boat from, you know, this was way before Columbus and everybody else. I mean, there it's all confusing. Like, so Jesus, after he died, he came to America. It's what? like, for what? <laughs> Yeah, and then an angel came to this 14-year-old and only had eight witnesses that were all his closest buddies. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all fishy. When it was, <laughs> that's the hard thing about trying to, I don't want to call it interrogating, but I, that's what I do a little bit with some of my interviews. But with some You of, should. He's so friendly, because like, usually I'd be like, that sounds like bullshit. You're like, so when you're at home at night, do you move, you know, you open your little strap with your garments and stick your dick in through oh, her the, little slit hole garments. The garments. You kept ask, asking, you were like, what about the magic underwear? The magic underwear. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go back to the magic underwear, but just to finish answering your question, that's how we got into the cult. We first went into like mainstream Mormonism and okay. found a crazy in that religion that went kind of off board. And then we left the church and went off board with, with, okay. So you guys started yeah. in just the mainstream Mormons, which I feel like as far as any religions go, in my opinion, it's, it's not that much crazier than all the other. Uh, there was a burning bush in the old I Testament. Know. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I mean, I, I was roll eaten my up by a well and then I was, you know, spit out. <laughs> yeah. No. So it, like, to me, it's I mean, I laugh at all of it, but it's funny to me the idea of like a generic, you know, Protestant Christian being like these Mormons. And it's like, oh, but the guy on the cross who came from behind the rock is real. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's all yeah. insane. This is all. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. And. And then, you know, when you're in a fundamental cult, they come up with the weirdest things that you have to do. Like, we weren't allowed to cut our hair, you know, just in case, like, Jesus stopped by, you know, we could wash his feet with our hair. And things like (laughs) that. It's like, we lived in a cul-de-sac in Ogden, Utah, like, you know, because we moved, you know, from the head shop in Texas. I moved around a whole lot. It's kind of like a crazy, interesting thing about, you know. Yeah. I kept getting new families. I guess, like, getting a new family runs in my family. That's so funny. <laughs> Wait, so the headshot people joined the Mormon religion? They, they joined the mainstream Mormons. They met a woman named Helen. And Helen started doing like the deep-rooted Mormon study. Now, if you study the deep Mormon religion, yeah. the same one that the sweet little guy, Seth, uh, comedian, yeah. I haven't met him yet. And I, if you're listening to this, Seth, nice to meet you. I'm sure you're <laughs> cool. But... <laughs> Um, I it's mean, just crazy it is insanity though yeah and, well it's also like given your experience i could get why like well no because i've been bringing up mormonism you're like okay <laughs> yeah, but, i have a lot of thoughts <laughs> but we were mainstream mormons bef- long before we were regular you know be- before got it got cult. super weird so like, like i was already a preteen. okay so yeah. you were just like i mean yeah we can't have caffeine and that sucks but like overall i guess everything's yeah. fine i have this whole thing about like um 
we weren't allowed to drink Coca-Cola. So my dad coming from the head shop, my new, you know, head shop dad. So he went out and he bought near beer because he used to drink a lot of beer. And so so like as kids, we weren't allowed to have Coca-Cola. So we would just walk around the neighborhood drinking near beer. Just like, like non-alcoholic like that. (laughs) Non-alcoholic beer. Like that, like knockoff Milwaukee's like like, best or whatever. Like knockoff Coors Light. (laughs) Yes. That's so funny. Coors Light probably would be the same thing. It's like, so I mean, watery it's but practically yeah. not beer yeah exactly it's practically not beer except for that one lonely night in the Hobbs, new mexico when it really was a lot of beer you and me both sister <laughs> oh yeah oh my gosh oh, the memories and the blackouts <laughs> i mean the lack of memories <laughs> is my biggest thing i'm like boy i yeah. bet that was a fun time but yeah. i don't know yeah um oh so you were like pre-teens you said when yeah you, and up to that point you had been a yeah. run-of-the-mill regular Mormon. Did you have a lot of siblings? Um, well, they had um, the head shop family had their own siblings, and so I did have sisters and a brother. And I, you know, and they were like, you know, sweet cherubs. And I was always like, you know, my halo's dirty. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're like <laughs> but, I'm the uh, just kid that dirty, was yeah. left on the doorstep. Yeah, but the problem is with uh, me and and my family is we started off on one belief and it's like this is the way it is and you kids can't do this and you kids can't do that because this is what the bible book of mormon says and then all of a sudden it's like okay wait everything's changed now this is the new way it is you know a new here's a new prophet and he's saying this and because the new truth is this way because the mormons stopped practicing polygamy because they wanted to make like utah a state and you know follow the laws of the land yeah they wanted so that to they be included in the benefits and get tax per you know yeah. things and be a religion yeah and they could not keep promoting polygamy and and get the tax benefits right Whoa. they'd already been kicked out of um you know other states and that's why they're all pushed to utah in the first place you know they call it like that the yeah, saints that is, and like the all... pioneers they tracking across the west it's like because they were kicked out of like missouri everyone's like get out of here you weirdos get the fuck out of here Stop we already have a religion yeah oh yeah i know that your little 14 year old who saw visions and pillars of light you know when he was out in the forest by himself you know like so now we've got to listen to him yeah give me one second i'm gonna pause that so we had to pause it because there was an airplane, which... She calls it an airplane. I called it a rumbling of God. It felt like the earth moved. I mean, literally, <laughs> when you said that, I was like... I mean, it was just so funny. But the idea that we're like, yeah, it's all bullshit. And then you yeah. just hear this thunder. There's like, no such thing. Oh, my God. We're being smited. That's the scary thing, too, is like if you leave a cult or a religion of any kind, you know, you're always like, wait. I hope to God they weren't right. I know they're crazy and everything they say is so like, But what wacky. if that is what you're but supposed to do? what if, like, that really is it? Because life is crazy. Yeah, I mean, mm. who knows? And it's yeah. also like, if there is a God, who knows what kind of weird rules he has? Or like, what? Yeah. I know, because there always is that. No, I don't think anyone is ever 100% sure. I know. Every, and everybody has their own interpretation of, like, what each thing means. And the thing that I think is funny is, like, okay, so some some dudes wrote, these books and now they're scriptures yeah like it's just a book that got published yeah and then we decided to make that like the that, truth, and that yeah so the but, way <laughs> and the why i think it's so funny is because these fundamental cults they would make uh things and they would publish them and like print them out and hand them to the small little group and it's like okay well the prophet said this now this is the new truth and people go like well it's what the prophet said you, did you not read what he said well yes i read it and <laughs> I didn't, that doesn't mean it's true, you know. And, and you're like, who is the prophet? Staples? Where yes, do you keep getting I, these yeah. new rules? The prophet, he did a spin wheel to see what color looked best on me for fashion. It landed on peach. That's how I knew he was not a real prophet because peach is not my color. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
at all. Like a real prophet would have known better. A, a real prophet would have put me in red. He wouldn't have washed me out like this. Yes. He would have let me wear a little more makeup. I know. The prophet would want me to be hot. Exactly. Gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, what are some of the adjustments like rule wise and stuff? That well, like immediately happened when you made this well, shift. Well, I, I got beat up right away as soon as I got into foster care because really. Well, wait. I'm, so you were yeah. with like foster care with another family? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened is the cult um, was broken up when I was a preteen. Oh, okay. And the FBI came in and they raided the place, and all of the adults went to prison. Okay. And my headshot parents, they had already left me there in the cold. They had just left you. Yeah. Because like they the, were like, well, the oh, prophet said is... I, yeah, the prophet said I could stay until I was 18. So I still had time. <laughs> oh, like you could still, oh, of course. I mean, did. I hate to brag, but I was really a really pretty kid. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Well, we don't have to go into cold stuff if you're not comfortable. With, oh, like, I'm what totally comfortable. It's me like holding my cross, you know, gangsters moves here. Like, oh, I'm protecting myself with my moves. So your parents are like, let's do, join this cult. And then what? The man in charge was like, you ugly old people are good to go. Well, <laughs> like, I what? know. My dad actually the hot kids. Yeah. Like, basically, we all lived there. And then my dad started causing problems. Um, and, you know, he didn't bring a whole lot of value to the group. Mm. But we I had sisters and a mom. So he's like, OK, you guys are kicked out. But uh you know the kids can stay and then my other sisters are like no we want it we're gonna go with my mom and dad and i'm like i'm staying oh because you were like i wanted to stay i was like hell yes i'm saying i have friends i could hang out with you're like the prophet likes me the prophet you know i could i i swear he was paying attention to me i mean i know (laughs) i'm a chosen one um and i am you know like worthy of the truth (laughs) Um, you know, I mean, I had a very important job to do there. I was like meditating with ghosts in a room and writing down messages from them. You know, I had things to do. I'm, I'm, I'm important here. I'm important. I'm going to go to heaven if I stay. But I, you know, I, I was still like, God, that's such a vulnerable age. Yeah. But I was also still like manipulative in my own way. I was like, I'm here in this group, but I, I just need to like figure it out. Like, okay, so if I'm going to be in the group, I should probably be with the prophet because he's probably going to go to the highest kingdom and it's still it's so just, you like in the mindset of this is this all this stuff is true how can i like work network my way network into my being way into being on a, like god's like yes i was fucking that's hustling so to get to god that's great i was hustling the prophet in the cult yeah. <laughs> you're like just i'm like, gonna be the prophet one yeah, of just these just like days. j-lo was in the movie except for <laughs> i'm trying to get my way to heaven she just did a stripper movie for <laughs> anyone who doesn't know j-lo oh yeah Hus- like literally hustlers, hustlers. yeah Fuck. I was just, you know, so you were just like, oh, if hustling I- for the celestial kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> My God. OK, yeah. so how many how long after your parents left and you were so were you in foster care? Were you just sort of like well, among the families like were you I was among the families designated to a family or you just they did put me in with like of the uh, prophet's wife's family so it's like there were several houses in a cul-de-sac and i lived in a house across the street from where the prophet lived okay but um, they have multiple wives oh yeah he had several wives and i was like supposed to be a wife you know you when primed. i got older oh yeah i was in charge of lingerie shows i would you know like sew lingerie um with the kids they did lingerie shows and we would do lingerie shows for like local strippers who would come and buy the lingerie and we would try to talk them into joining joining and you know finding god 
and that's it's basically were, a way to find broken people they're like ooh, i mean people who are lost that's so many religions and cults especially get people who are like down and but, they just need something to believe in you know but here's what's funny is i was the little girl in the cult that was doing like the dancing looking at the stripper like i want to be like her someday she's so in cool. the outside world and guess what I was just like her someday. Really? <laughs> like, oh, oh I made the FBI it. came, you're like, I was I'm on going that to stage. Vegas. <laughs> I was on that pole. <laughs> How old were you when they, when the FBI? I was 15, almost 16. And then I went into foster care. And then there I went through 10 different foster homes. Fuck. And foster a group home. In a group home. And in the group home is when I got beat up. Um, because I was dressed like Holly Hobby, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was just like Holly Hobby. I, I I would talk to some like another girl's boyfriend or something. And they'd be like, "That's my boyfriend." I'm like, you yeah, know, but well, once we're all in heaven, it's we're going to be sharing anyway. You know, like, <laughs> and everyone's like, "What are you talking like, about?" Give me, you know, you can't have these selfish feelings. <laughs> and so, did you still have like your religious beliefs? But yeah, because I just came out, and then so I, you didn't like it. Didn't occur to you that like any of that was like. And here's like, the worst up, thing I did is with you? I had this like beautiful. Um, foster girl that was was my bunkmate and she was above me and she was a, a beautiful black woman or girl i guess i should say black girl she was like 15 and from all of my fo- the bullshit that i was taught i told her i was like you know i really like you and and when we're when i go to heaven you can be a slave in heaven in my planet <laughs> <laughs> you can be a slave in heaven on my planet <laughs> And I thought I was the normal one. She looked at me. He's like, you fucking crazy. I'm like, no, I mean, like, I'm saying, like, I want you to come and be on heaven in heaven with me. You're like, I'm trying to help. You. I'm trying to help you. I'm saying I'm you trying be- to help you by making you my slave. <laughs> yes. Oh I would be. I would be so nice to you. I'm like, I'll make sure no one hurts it's you. It's heaven. Nobody's going to beat you. Yeah. That doesn't they happen. They don't beat in slaves in heaven. Yeah. Only here on earth. Oh, yeah. But you're not a slave now, but because you can't get into heaven without being a ridiculous thing because I'm like the most non-prejudiced person ever. Of course. But it then was I'm just, just sitting naive. there saying that and I'm just like, and she's like, pow. <laughs> like, she just fucking Yeah. You. She taught me how to be very non-prejudiced very quick. <laughs> you're like, oh, uh, you Ow. just wake up and you're like, everything I've learned Ow, I have some things to learn. <laughs> Man. Yeah. How? Okay. So adjusting from do you have a lot of like do do you have a lot of stuff from the time you were in the cult that is like suppressed that you don't even i'm yeah yeah for sure yeah um was there a time because it sounds like for a little while at least after you kind of still had the religious beliefs and you're like oh was there ever a time where it really like dawned on you that like oh that like the things were super fucked up (laughs) You know what's funny is it wasn't until much later, even after I had left the group and and, you know, started implementing myself into the real world after foster care, after I, you know, turned 17, I ran away. I got Did you become like those dancers? Yeah, I became just like those, you know, slutty dancers. And and, I know where to buy all the best lingerie. Strung out and everything. Yeah. Oh, and I sewed my own lingerie. I was, you know. And hey, I already knew how to strip. You had the skills. I, mean, I was like, you know, I've been taught how to seduce from the time I was like, you know, a kid. That was like part of the. In I the mean, cult, I did right? it with a flick flip book. You know how like they teach ge- uh, geishas like here you have to learn how to do. This. I mean, I had a flip book of how to seduce like when I'm going through like a test when I'm a kid, you know. Wow. So it was yeah. like just this prophet and male figures like grooming girls to be. It was like absolute grooming of how to seduce 
how to seduce how to just be a man's pleasure a man. person yes like how to be a hole <laughs> yes yeah how to seduce how to a be man. a sweet pile of holes yeah and it was like about everything that had to do with it including like w- everything that they would want sexually to the lingerie to and you know the environment the to food, the music the- to the smell to uh, the, I mean oh, everything I just went to like life and I'm like oh we're still just only talking about the seducing yes <laughs> like, <laughs> like all of that and he, they would teach it to like the women like he, as a group and, it, and as if that was part of the scripture type of thing that it was because this is what God yeah, wants this is what God wants because um, you know he's a prophet and he has a lot of things to do and I'm like a kid and he's the prophet was Arvin Shreve and he was at that time about like 60 something years old. Oh, yeah. And I'm like a preteen. So I'm thinking I wanted to like, uh, you know, I'd never even like been with guys or anything. I was like, I wanted to make out with this guy that uh, I grew up with, Eric Lithgow. Where are you, Eric? Where are you, Eric? I know you're on my Facebook. Everybody's going to run to Facebook and say, who's Eric? <laughs> Do not talk to Eric, please. <laughs> he didn't He didn't get well. Yes, he's uh, Helen's son, actually. Oh. So I was raised around him. Yeah, uh, so it's of course you have. But he also had a sister named, yeah, a sister. We don't need to name the names. So <laughs> <laughs> I can bleep that out, too. Yeah. At the time 23 i'm gonna write it down <laughs> <laughs> i'm like <clears throat> yeah oops don't sue me um wow okay so like just so lots of i would they would teach the the younger teenage girls and preteens how to like sexually satisfy each other so that they could take care of each other and not feel a lack of because there's only one man to satisfy all those women and it's just so hard for him yes and he's you know when he looks like a was fat it just one gardener guy? he's like, for each you know for like each group of women yeah oh okay but he so was like just one group figure. what happened to like young men like yeah like that kid that you said you had they a crush call on. them the lost boys because basically once men hit a certain age about like 12 or 13 when they started getting around that age they um kind of just like kick them out of the group and they're just like out on the freeways and out in the world and they just, do yeah you're like good luck out there yeah and then if they come back later as adults you know righteous and pure whatever like ready to commit to the group they can then and wow. take a couple of wives and but as long as they're like competition to the very young women ah then that's not gonna fly then that's not oh yeah because the fat old guys need yeah did yeah. was there like a pecking order with the men like did i assume the prophet well the prophet's at the top yeah well why else would i want to be with the prophet (laughs) yeah i'm just trying to get the best spot in yeah i just that's exactly it i wanted to be in the vip in heaven wow so they're like really psychologically getting in your head and like oh they were making you think that like this is the like fucking making a young girl be like this is what i want to do so i can get into heaven that is who buddy yeah and What's funny is like we couldn't even have our own heaven. It's like, oh, we're going to get to be able to share heaven in in his heaven doing his rules, which we're creating a heaven on earth. And so I'm in heaven already. Apparently, it's just going to be just like this. And this sucks. I was like, like, that sounds like hell. Yeah, it was. And it was ridiculous. But everything on the outside was very superficially a facade of beauty. Like because he was a landscaper, our lawns and, and everything. I mean, it was beautiful. It was immaculate. It was like. Stepford wives. So every this day, this whole neighborhood, like neighborhood, is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, yeah, it was like a neighborhood, and everything was. Everybody just... was dressed to like perfection. Every morning, it, it was part of like my list of to dos. You know that I had to do was wow. to get up, like to fix my hair, was to fix like makeup, or to do with you know, and put on the outfit with it, which was a dress every day. Yeah, and you know, just look 
curled hair, the little you were ready for pretty funny hair. women shows. Yes, I was already <laughs> dressed and ready for my stand up. <laughs> oh, so it was like just a whole routine every day, every morning, and and then you know, okay, today I have to help like you know these girls, Don and Jody. I have to curl those two girls' hair. Okay, they there they are. Okay, what style do you want? Pick a style, and you know, just every day. And every then, day. so did you guys go to school? No, no, it was you no. were cut off. My parents. uh the headshot parents before I even got to the cult took me out of school in the third grade. Really? Because they didn't want me to be influenced by like evil teachers, you know. Oh, like people and, who and had children, other you know, children. Yeah. <laughs> Those other kids people in third who will grade. tell you other opinions and they yeah. don't want you to hear them. Like that people go to the moon. They say things like that in school. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> I know. They're like, I mean, what if they start and, talking and about that evolution? women should have an education and learn and oh. that. I probably should learn mathematics and, and science. Wow. It's, isn't it crazy that people don't believe in science? Oh, wait. That's how it is today. Yeah. Huh. Where it's like, wow, there's still people. I have a third grade education and I can believe in climate change. Hello, people. Ah, uh, what a soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the people who are still denying climate change, it's like, do you not have eyes? Like, what do you, you don't think something's it's going so, on? And that's where I can understand, like, in being indoctrinated into a belief system because I hear people say the same things on Facebook. Like, they will repeat answers that somebody else has already said. Yeah, they're just regurgitating yeah. information. Well, oh, yeah, but what about Obama this, Obama? We're, look, we're, we're talking about here today now and kangaroos. Let's start. You yeah. Know, like, like, You're like, what are you bringing Nothing up? else matters. Right? Okay. Like the past. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so. so how old were you when um when it got raided? Uh 17. No, 16. 16. So you were already I was going to say almost out, I, but I guess you probably weren't going to go anywhere if it hadn't been No, I was raided. I would not they have like gone anywhere. You. No, we don't go off to college or any. We couldn't even go to like the fabric store without having like two or three people at a time. And me, I was like deemed a rebellious soul. So wow. yeah. like, she's a runner. So I, yeah. We got a runner. Yeah. <laughs> were there people who were like super devout in it and just. Well, yes. And everybody, if you, if they weren't devout, you wouldn't know about it because everybody would like want to tell on the person to try to help them. Yeah. Oh. So nobody's going to say that they're not devoted. Cause I remember telling Laura, I guess there's her name. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. No last names. No case. last name. Yeah. I told her like, you know, um, some curse words something and and she like stabbed me with like a little pencil and we were kids it's like because she wanted to do what's right you know <laughs> she stabbed you yeah. because you said a bad word yeah because i cursed oh the logic i know so she said yeah it was like what ofs <laughs> we're still friends that? today though i mean i you have to be you're like trauma bonded it is, right? that's exactly what it is it's total trauma bonding and it's so strange it's, it's so like weird. boot camp for children in a terribly different way yeah it's it is it's like i went to band camp and never came back yeah uh <laughs> jesus um people you said they were asking mostly about like the transition what do you well, do like, what, what yeah. do you do when you leave a cult if that's yeah, the challenge what is the challenge like how do you adjust okay so for me i went into stripping into dancing where did you go like where like you said I went still into in foster Ogden? care I went to foster care in New Mexico because okay. that was the last location of the headshot parents ah. and they didn't know where they they had gone but okay. that was the last location that any paper trail on them but they were like off the grid hippies so they just were long gone they were in actually shit. they were in Portland Oregon at the time so wow. they just left me in this uh state program so it was basically like um you know the 
states were my parents. I had New Mexico was my mom <laughs> and Utah was my dad. Fun. <laughs> and yeah, and mom got most of the custody of me, but then I still would get a little few benefits from, you know, the state of Utah. So <laughs> fuck. Yeah. So I just went directly hardcore into drugs and stripping and and just went, you know. So nobody tried in a to like spiral. put you into like some type of therapy or well, they did, but I didn't. Have, but you were like, I mean, oh, I, I'm trying to explain to the therapist that she doesn't understand her way to heaven. It was just like too much. Yeah, because you time. were so yeah. indoctrinated into this. And you know, I I actually think that being like thrown into what could have been the worst place, place, which is a strip club, was the best thing for me because that will straighten you up into what's the real world. You know, I mean, quick. You, it's you, the underworld of society but it's the real world but you're i mean you're gonna meet people who will tell you like it is oh and yeah and don't fuck and you around. learn quick and you learn you because these women that would sit in the dressing rooms would get so connected that and it's like trauma bonding like again but they're all it's they're like, like dancer bonding yeah you have a yeah and, and it's the same thing all over again you have a whole bunch of sisters and you have like a a mom there that's going to take care of you you know wow. the house mom so you have a family dynamic once again and it's the same dynamic I had my whole life. So I get to go out and I get to perform and look really pretty and beautiful. And, and you'd already been set up for that because yeah. of this cult. Yeah. Or it's like I was um, society made to, <laughs> made to do it. The biggest problem is then you start getting older and for living in, in living in L.A. and yeah. living in uh, the entertainment industry as I ha- have been for, you know, 15 years. It's like it's a real challenge and that's the biggest thing is when you're in a certain group they will put your value on one thing or another and once that one thing or another goes away they're like mm, then you're not and if, yeah. if that's also what you've been taught to value then yeah then, then it makes you it a lot harder explored all these other things that are probably you know amazing about you yeah but you've if you're told your whole life like and so many women it's gotten better overall i think mm-hmm. for modern society but like are told still told like well what you look like is all that matters yeah it is and it sounds obviously it was like a a higher for sure you going from i mean that situation and in that situation it was taught too just about you know keeping everything on the outside looking really good because you don't want them to see you what's going on on the inside yeah the problem was as i got out into the real world and i just like cracked and fell apart all over the stage you know and then I did, you know, all of the drugs and the overdoses and the suicide, you know, attempts and yeah. suicidal ideation and, you know, mental health care, like I was of talking course. about with that. And then um, acting and then, sorry, I made my own film and then um, I wrote the musical and started doing that. And now oh, I'm yeah. get I got a late start to comedy because. I've been told my whole life just to shut up and just and be seen and not still, heard. Be pretty, yeah. You just still, please, you know, be reverent, sit still, be quiet. And the polygamy part of my life, it wasn't something I really wanted to like out there. And then I was well, like, because it's like a weird, also, it's weird. I don't want to be the polygamous girl. Well, <laughs> that's the hard thing about comedy too is that people, if you try, if you focus on something specific in your life, people want to boil you down to that. Mm-hmm. And I go through that all the time of like, I don't want to be the depression girl or like, I don't want to be the girl that was left in a waffle house. Right, that's not me. It's like the anal girl. Like, yeah, it's because obviously there's so much to every person, but people hear a thing and they're like, that's her thing. Yeah. And we, I mean, I literally did it by having you on this podcast to talk about it. Yeah. 
And it's the reason that I've got on other podcasts too. And it's not um, just because, you know, it's not because of the comedy that I've done, the podcast that I have. It's like the comedy shows, the comedy, people aren't calling me to go on the news, but they are asking me to go and talk about things for the cult. So what I wanted to do is find a way to talk about what's really going on on the inside of these groups in a way where people can hear it because it's so traumatizing that people can't hear it. And they all want to know, like, did you, were you raped? And I, so the answer is yes, I was raped by the prophet. And was I traumatized? Did you hear that? The number one guy. Yeah. The top, the guy that's going to the celestial kingdom. (laughs) I could not get any more, anybody you well know, at that I, age you know you it's like well he did tell me to be fair that you know in heaven he's gonna have a cape and a sword <laughs> and he's gonna look <laughs> and he's gonna look just like brad pitt and and you know like at, at comic-con i'm gonna it's be gonna, hot <laughs> in heaven and what? have a six-pack and be young and so i would like so try what to a imagine like for oh, you yes uh, it's a test on earth i'm just, so sorry you went through that i'd be like thinking to myself like i'm like beauty and the beast but <laughs> i mean what a but the trauma about about that did not happen to me in the way that a lot of people think it did. My trauma is started long before the call. It started with my parents and their abuse. It yeah. started with being abandoned at abandoned. a head shop. And it's and it was the process of like one little thing after another little thing after another little thing. And all of those things, you know, have pushed me over the edge to the point of where I did go and seek therapy on my own and later as an adult. Yeah. And I've been in therapy for over 10 years yeah and i'm still fucking crazy i was but, gonna ask. yeah but i have good happy days you yeah. know and i have a really good life yeah you know? well I, I yeah they ask what i do for a living now and i mean i tell them the truth is that i do my husband <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful thank you um well, yeah no i think like the longer if anyone with trauma is working on it i think the Sometimes the best you can hope for is that the the good feelings last a little bit longer and longer as you, like the crazy comes, but it's a little bit shorter each time. And with the comedy, the people that hear something, they'll think to themselves like, I've been through that and I've been through that. And even worse, and if, I, if they can do it, I can do it. I, 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 you know, I've heard Tiffany Haddish's comedy and putting her comedy aside yeah her story about you know living in foster care and you know coming out of that and being homeless on the street i'm like okay i can relate to that and yeah. you know i lived in foster care well if she, if she could you know talk about it up there then i can talk about what i what happened with me and yeah and then it makes just one more person feel a little bit better about themselves well, because absolutely because yeah if uh, they can do it you can do it yeah and then so if someone sees you who's gone through something similar they go like well she's doing okay or if somebody thinks like, you know, there, there's been so many uh, women and men that have been victims of sexual abuse, yeah. rape, molestation um, from from siblings to uncles to just, neighbors to babysitters. It, yeah, you name it. It's the a, truth is everybody's got their story. That's not saying everybody's been been hurt molested, that way. But it's like everybody has their individual But everybody's trauma. had like that side eye look or that uncomfortable feeling that they know that something could go wrong somewhere and they somehow they're, they're safe. Yeah. Because it's so abundant. And the problem is, is that there's so much shame, even for me, in putting it on myself. I'm like, I don't want to be the cult girl because and everybody's going to want to know, well, did I, you know, did you have sex? And you're like, sex? I but don't want to. I'm like, yes, we did. It didn't traumatize me. It's the truth of it is, is that he smelled like grass from like 
the the yard. He you know he was too tan and and smelled like you know polo. It all I could think about was the curtains, and I was actually fine and 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 done and and that was not the most traumatic thing that had ever tra- happened to me. I think emotional trauma is that that he did to me the prophet and the people around the prophet yeah. was so much bigger than the sexual than abuse the physical, that happened yeah yeah from him and from the women in the group who were teaching me yeah so i blame them just as much too and i don't did they go to prison as well they did good and yeah her name's sharon cap um you can look her up she's in utah and she did go to prison and she was responsible for teaching all of the young women how to all be to do the sexual way of life. And it was because of her that I did end up, you know, being raped by the prophet because she let me know I was ready and tried to, you know, and set it and put it on my schedule. So it's her fault that what happened. Sharon Cap is her name. And Rod in hell, Sharon. Yeah. And, and, and I hope that life has taught her something different and better. Yeah. The, the thing is that I don't understand is how people can get hurt like that and then how they can repeat it on other people. Yeah. Because that didn't happen to me. I get that. I get to have that empathy and that compassion where it's like, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody. Well, my only my only thought is. Which is almost like which is really sad is just like the idea that someone genuinely thought like she was so brainwashed. Yeah, that's I guess that's my way of trying to have empathy towards someone like that. Is you that have she to genuinely really thought that's what she needed to do and that she was helping you, which yeah. is fucked up. It it is. But when people are brainwashed, they truly are. They're brainwashed. It, it, it's not like, oh, I just think that I kind of have the opinion that I think it's like this, but I'm thinking clearly it's like, no, they're completely in. And there's a, when you have a fear of something that you can't see or feel, which is heaven or hell. Yeah. Or angels or spirits when or devils or God. Feel that wrath. Yeah. That's I even talk about that like now with actually on the episode I released with uh, recently with this guy, Mike Ishak, just the the fact that people can't have empathy toward like really super conservative Christian types that I'm mm-hmm. like, I and granted, there's so many things that I'm like, come the fuck <laughs> on. But but trying to remember that like this like pro-life shit. Yeah, I'm pro-choice. Right. But I'm like, these pro-life people really are afraid of God. They like, really and are. Like, if you murder them, we're all going to get the wrath. And well, like, people wouldn't be flying airplanes into buildings if they didn't have complete and a hundred percent faith that what they've been taught by somebody that they trusted yeah. was telling them the truth. Yeah. And even if that's wrong, it's like they truly believe. Yeah. And I see that behavior today on Facebook. Like I have a friend and she was on my Facebook and today I was look, like looking at her thing and she was going on and on about. Um, it doesn't even matter which race it was because I'm not going to put a highlight on that. But yeah. it was a different race and people that are and, and putting them in as a group. Uh, and I was like, it's not. A, it, it, could you start looking at individuals here? Yeah. Individuals that are suffering in this moment and, and, and they're happening. And what you are is a very strong Christian woman putting all your beliefs all over Facebook and Jesus posts. And I think and I appreciate that. But you have so much faith. Can't you understand why they have so much faith? Yeah. You're sitting there saying how dangerous they are and how they they desert, that they would come over and kill us. Yet, if I was them, I'd be scared to come over to America and be anywhere near you. Yeah, it's like they probably... It's is scary. Yeah, it's like, by the way, the U.S. has been dropping bombs over there for how many, like, decades? Yeah. 
And it's like, they're terrified too. You know what I mean? And I, it's scary. We are not a, a sane, simple, easy nation. Like we, like I thought no, we well, were, I mean, know. we're all in a way, even if you go to just regular public school, I mean, we're brainwashed. Yeah, absolutely. Like America's the greatest and just like that we pledge allegiance to a flag. I didn't even think about all of that stuff until like much later because I didn't go to school. So I wasn't yeah. playing it, but how even in the court system there's like in god we trust above like everything it's like wait so if you don't believe in any of that and you're putting your hand on a bible and it's like just it's a system that the entire all of america is like under it's kind of like we're under like this whole christian we have to be a christian religion it was founded on like religious freedom but then it's like one nation under god and it's like wait and i appreciate religions that are set up in ways trying to really truly help other people and not just be about themselves there's some i mean the core values of most major religions are good i mean like when you separate all the rules and the weird bullshit and the don't do this but just like love Mm -hmm. one another yeah treat your neighbor the way you want to be treated you know what i mean love your enemy but then there's so much fucking extra shit people pile on there's always the pile of everything yeah for sure when when the cult was first broken up was that like upsetting to you because like you were i was a little scared but i also thought into it well i thought that the prophet was for sure going to be able to break out <laughs> you know i mean obviously i mean because underneath well, the world there was gonna is end. a, it, a man with six pack. <laughs> yeah you know yeah he just needed to god will know. free him yeah <laughs> wow. and uh i was already out in foster care and i had no way to um be around any of it i was like You're closely guarded by um social workers that everybody that there was zero contact for me so they I was a, scooped everyone who yeah i was a, out and they're like get them well and especially for me because i was a child of the state so at oh. that at that point you when, had already been a foster care kid anyway yeah so because like, nobody Whoops. knew where my real parents are and then they find this they're like breaking down this place and then wait your parents are who and wait you come from where and you're and they're like we put her here wait a minute <laughs> yeah Get this kid back to New Mexico and let's figure out who she is. Or you don't, you have a social. You didn't go to school oh, oh. ever. Like yeah. you. Okay, so did you, you didn't go to a doctor? You didn't go to schools? Do you have a birth certificate? What's your wait? What's your name? No, your real name. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> and you're like, how uh, old are you? I'm like, uh, I mean, everything was. Like, I don't wow. know. And wow, wow, wow. Was there anything when you were kind of flung back into society that was like really shocking to you? Or like stuff you had really a lot of trouble with adjust adjusting with um i have had a real problem just adjusting with just the basic um school i i had a really hard time in school yeah i i did not know what the fuck was up on that board i was like wait what is so, going oh, on oh did they like one put you immediately it, into I, like whatever yeah i was put into grade. i was a, put into junior high school so I was a junior in high school. Oh my god! And you had had no. And I had to show up like in the green foster care bus and with the side state sticker on it, and get out of the bus and with all the uh, you know other kids that were you know like rejects and all. You're like just, just all the kids hi. That, it's just oh, us and poor, um, that poor bus. I know, and I had like such a crush on this guy, and I was just like, oh, you know, like. And so it was just like all like I know, and I would go and try to talk on. to him. Like, do you think that maybe we could like um you know study together? And he's like, you wouldn't get it anyway. Ha ha ha. You know, skate off. Like I'm just Dude, like so out. Years later, he was like, oh, she would have hooked up with me. Oh God! Like now he, they're like, hey, the regret he has. They're like so many men that it's like she was flirting with me. In yeah, high school. you're like. 
Yeah, if if, idiot. if you make it at all in anything, like you know, when I when I did my movie, it was so funny. The people that came out of the woodwork of like, you know, I used to date her. It's like, no, you took me to All Steps and bought me a burrito once when we were in, you know, high you know, school. Like, it's a real liberal. Term. Yeah, just because I gave you a blowjob does not mean that we that were has dating. Nothing to do with you. <laughs> that, those were old values that I had carried yes, over. Yes. Yes. Did you? Um, on that note, like, did you continue to be like, like pretty like sexually promiscuous? Do you think that like, I was fed into that? Probably. I was. Because well, that's what you were taught in your head. I actually went back into like, I'm a virgin mode, but I was, uh, then I, it kind of less quickly escalated from like within one year I went from being, um, I'm starting over. <laughs> yeah. Going into school into, um, you know running away not knowing what to do starting stripping yeah so i started doing cocaine which i thought i had found my bliss i had watched that movie less than zero and i felt my <laughs> destiny was like just gonna be just like that and oh god you know, <laughs> like this is it this is it this, this is, is my life happens. it's so dramatic i'm going to die in the back of a limousine and you know that's rented for 150 a night and i'm like, gonna be so glamorous it. and everyone's gonna care because nobody knows me oh know? gosh it's a lonely. It was really lonely, and I yeah. lived in a big fantasy land. Like someday I'm gonna be famous and live in L.A. and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And you know, it took a long time for me to actually stop and say, okay, what, what do I really want? Like, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. And what am I capable of doing? And I learned, you know, along the way that I'm capable of sharing my story without having. Um, I'm 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 very I'm I'm capable of sharing it basically. Yeah, and a lot well, of people not can't everybody, say that. You know. Yeah. No. When I think that's an important skill that like you either were able to process it as it happened or have healed from it enough that you're able to share that story because which helps people and a lot of people who have similar stories, you're the people they're helping because they they yeah. can't share their story. And that's why I want to do this, you know, do this comedy special that I'm working on. It's a cult comedy special. It's, it's cult classic. Yeah, a cult classic. <laughs> a cult following is what I'm hoping for. <laughs> um, to try to, like, show that it doesn't matter what the trauma is, like, that we can laugh at any of it. You can get through it. You can laugh at it. You can yeah. find funny in the you, and that You can find the, the funny things. in it and and connect that way because... I connected really easily, you know, with others once I got out of the group and stumbled in through the foster care system with not making friends. I instantly um, from there, I was like, I don't want this. And I learned how to be popular just by watching and studying. Yeah, because I'd been watching and studying and being quiet in the group the for time. for years like we were that's what we did so i would go to the high school so who's the top of the pecking order and i met this girl You're like i was groomed to learn how to get people yes to like me. that's the one yes would you say that that's almost like in a weird silver lining way like a gift you got out of that absolutely a, way, a way to like get, absolutely get along with people for sure and i think that it's actually a gift that's that's carried over into so many other things in my life in a good way for example my my marriage today i i'm so Woo-hoo. happily married and how long um almost 10 years <gasps> oh yeah. my god that's amazing and he's you know and he's even happily married <laughs> like, imagine that Hello. like both of us yeah but he's um you know knowing where i came from it, he's kind of like designed things in ways where my life is just so opposite of how it ever could have been or was supposed to be that he, like takes that into account really heavily. yeah Ugh. it's those little things i like i don't do dishes 
I don't think about it. I just put the dish in the sink and they're done, you know, and by four o'clock, the second he walks in the door, he, he does them. Wow. And when I say walk in the door, because he goes to work. Yeah. And he's not, he knows that certain things that are really small that can become very big for me. Triggers for you and stuff? Yeah. Like a... I can I can get scared of little things like oh my gosh I don't want to go up on stage you know at the comedy store in this little small room but you know I will go to Las Vegas and I'll stand in a room half naked <laughs> you know wasted and you know with an eight ball in my G string <laughs> and you know spray tan in front of like thousands in yeah, Vegas but uh, but share my story yeah to a small I mean because I you know because I was honest- a showgirl in Vegas and I would do huge shows I was on forty five billboards for you know I was a dancer honestly the smaller the group the scarier it is i think yeah i mean even with comedy yeah so because it's like if three people don't like me that's half this room (laughs) exactly you know what i mean and if if three three people don't like you then the whole the it's like that whole vibe is down it's like you're having a conversation with the room it's like all right i'm out yeah but if three people like hate my comedy in a room of a thousand well i just lost those three people a big fucking right yeah wow do you find uh do you find you have like triggers you're unaware of do you ever get like oh yeah emotionally overwhelmed and you're like i don't know what my husband is. will come up to me and he'll say and, and i get i do get annoyed at this because he's like i just want you to know that you're a little bit in your ptsd right now sweetheart and i'm like shut the fuck up no i'm not nobody <laughs> wants to hear that when they're in it either i'm like i am not give me focal chocolate now you know i'm like, not and you break something you know put the knife down <laughs> yeah well have you had to with him and i'm a little bit asking this selfishly like for my own personal because he's I'm seen, like, he has seen more crazy than i would like to admit that he has seen have you was when well, you guys got together and just in general is he from like a pretty stable oh so stable as a matter of fact the first time i went to his house to see to meet um his parents i walked in and it was a big beautiful like like mansion home at the top of Encino Hills like you know Michael Jackson was a neighbor kid that they played with you know and I walked in and I like looked around and there's like the neighbor kids yeah there's like pillars and like stairs and a pool back there and I'm just and his mom and dad walk out and his mom's wearing makeup and she's beautiful and his dad's like a businessman lawyer and I'm like you you grew up here like this is your life for real and it was I just and I just like looked around and then um a maid walked by with their laundry and I just started crying. Oh my I was God. because I was like, I thought that people only live like this in the movies. Like I did not know that people could actually have a functioning that you like could just be life. a casual human. And like, this is how you grew up. And what's worse is this is 10 years later, married to him and his family is still functioning normally. And, so and the only craziness is me. And, and yes, he's very stable and he's very like, were you in your head about that at first? Oh, I thought he was the most boring person ever. And I didn't want to like, I just want, I, I was like, I need something did, bigger and crazier. Yeah. Did you ever get, I'm literally just drilling you because about oh, my own fine. insecurities, but like, did you ever get like, to feel like a little insecure that he was so stable that you, cause I get like yes. with my boyfriend, I feel like I'm like, I'm going to be, you're going to get sick of this. You're going to, they, and then, then they, and I thought they will definitely get sick of it. So I've got to hang on to my pretty as long as I can. Is what I would think. Yeah. I mean, and that's a scary thought. I've got to hand it to my pretty. And then if I don't, if I run out of the pretty, then I if better hurry up and the have things. the success. Yeah, it's like if I'm not giving you the thing that you wanted me yeah. originally for, you're going to not want me. Yeah, because the truth of the matter is, is we're not like these, you know, dream girls in real life. I, I yeah. don't want to have sex every day. I mean, or, no one Or is. most days. You know, I mean, or like, I, it's like life is just crazy. Years, you know? trying to, especially trying to do anything creative, it's exhausting. You're like, I, <sighs> I know. 
And it's not like this glamorous, like beautiful thing either. It's like being married 10 years. It's like, I have a, an ingrown hair here. Grab it. You know, tweezers <laughs> and bending over. It's on my butt. You know, like you just really get to see who the person is. But oh, yeah, yeah, the glamour is definitely, gl- definitely gone. Except lately he's been like, you know, losing weight and like went and got out a new sports car and he's looking good, really good. I'm like, wait a minute. That's uh, just the midlife crisis. They all come <laughs> We're like, have fun, honey. Have fun. You'll be back. They always come back. They all come back. But it is. Right, Dad, where are you? Yeah. Um, did you, with your PTSD, did you have to like educate him a little on like how to help you deal with that? Or My therapist did. I took him to therapy with me. Re- oot, with yeah, you. I took, you have to do that because if I'm telling him something, it's just a crazy person telling him something. As far as he's concerned, he knows better because he was raised differently. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with him being right or wrong. It's like he just doesn't understand. And if I really want somebody to understand who I am, they need to know like certain things are going to really trigger me. And there's if someone touches my neck. Oh, yeah. For example, if you touch my neck in any way uh, like for a massage or anything, I will... Like I, I like, and I back up because I just like, I, I try to catch my breath. I can't catch my breath. And it's like, that's a trigger. Yeah. Or oh, wow. certain songs and sense probably I imagine. Sense. Yeah. Oh, cause I just, with my boyfriend, he, he's seen me have some meltdowns and he's like, I don't know what I want to help you. And they can't I don't know what can I do? And yeah, you just have to be like nothing. And then when they're, then when they do help you, it's the wrong way anyway. So. Oh yeah. Cause you're just. And my husband, he does help me, which is even more annoying. Like, I'm not going to fight with you. You're having a PTSD moment, and I understand. And I'm like, shut the fuck up! You don't know it. You know. Then I go even crazier because I'm like, like, how can you be so sane? It is so annoying. Yeah. No. Well, it is. How do people get that way? (laughs) It is shocking to me that I, because like, if you're someone who has PTSD and you have these like random triggers, you suddenly just get even just the emotional overwhelm. You need somebody else to be able to see them when you can't. That's too, yeah, yeah. that's true. Like, and that's why for me, I started to going to therapy, and I took him to therapy with me because I wanted her to tell him that I'm crazy, but that what, but not in a bad way of of it. Look, this is what's really going on with Amber psychologically yeah. because she was abandoned at this age, and because she has she has no, you know, for me, like I would have like different values. I mean, I wasn't. Yeah committed to like oh a mar- a monogamous marriage wasn't my ideal i was yeah, like that's not what you were <laughs> what are you for? talking about one person like, no who does that <laughs> yeah i'm you're like i was lit- i'm literally from a polygamist you do want have you met my parents all of them right <laughs> like, yeah like just the whole group yeah has he? he he has he met my mom um, did you reconnect with your mom uh i did i all of them yeah oh all the women the, well my real mom the- the bank, okay. the bank robber. Yes. Yes. She got out. Um, she did get out. She was only in there for about eight years. Okay. Um, and then they let her out and she says that she came to look for me. I don't think that she did. That's not, that's tough. Cause it's like, well, you want to believe an, things. That's an easy out too. Cause it's like, oh, cause how could she have found you? But also I know. Cause I was like living in a different off state the grid, and everything, not but, going to school, but it's also like, why would, why now would you? Well, yeah, but I still found her when I instead of her finding me. So you know, you're like, it seems like you looked really hard. Parents are hard. I know. It, it's hard to be a parent. I know that. I mean, I'm a parent. Well, I mean, just I like, have a daughter too, and today is her birthday, and it's you know, oh, happy parenting's birthday. not easy. No, but it's did 
becoming a parent, was that scary for you because you felt like you didn't have the right tools? I was not scared enough. That's the problem. <laughs> because that, yeah, wow. Okay, I was so not scared fun. enough. And you're like, it'll be great. Yeah. And I had been taught that if I had an abortion, I would go to hell. Um, so you're like, I guess I'm becoming a parent. Well, great. I guess it's, I'm going to be a mom now. But I wanted to like connect with my own blood too. Yeah. And I wanted to just like have my own family and somebody that looks like me. And, you know, like I had blonde sisters and I had not met my biological brother, which I have a biological brother from my real mom that oh, I wow. met later on. Yeah. And I, I had never seen my own blood before. And so I wanted to just, I wanted to connect kind of like clan of the cave bear. You know, I want my, yeah. my people. I think everyone has a little bit of that desire yeah. to be like, if nothing else, I just want to look at someone and be like, okay, that's where I came from. I mean, it was so hard being so gorgeous among these people. And then you're like, I'm obviously <laughs> not related to any of you. I'm obviously evolved and belong somewhere else. You're all inbred. <laughs> yes, of course. You're all inbred. All I'm of you. All of you. And the thing too, though, is that I want to make clear is there are people in this group and the, that have been involved in the group and that are out of the group and like including my mother and my parents that ev- even though they were kicked out of the group that I love these people I was gonna ask do you have like resentments or do you I have- do have resentments and and but I also uh love them and yeah. the hardest part is is loving them and seeing them as as just being just really truly broken people because it makes me angry that broken people react and act out in the ways that they do and hurt other people. Yeah, hurt people, hurt people is a stupid sentence, but it's fu- it is and it you know I've I've caught myself you know the, how I would how I reacted is I used to just treat men really badly. Oh, like fuck you! Oh, I was the one that was like, you know, the men would come and I would be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. I was, I would fucked. play like the dude. I was like, like the guy, and I would, yeah. you know, string him along and and lie to him and use him and manipulate. I mean, I, come on, I learned how to do it from in the cult, trying to get you know with the prophet when I was still a kid. <laughs> you know, you're like, I've been, I've I'm been ambitious a, from a, I've a very young, for, young, I have a age. lot of experience. Yes. Is there anything that you um? noticed uh later in life that you had like taken with you like values or something that later you're like oh that's not yeah like, that you took from the cult that you later were like oh, like that the men isn't... are supposed to take care of the women oh that's yeah. a huge one that's just a, a big american yeah thing too, and it's like that the men are the masculine they're supposed to take care of women women are supposed to be like the homemakers and you know soft and pretty and feminine and sweet and yeah which is even so funny too because like there's times when I'm like running around or doing mics and stuff and you know how it is. You put on a baseball cap and some sweats and you run and you, you go. fucking go. Yeah. And we all look like lesbians. Yes. <laughs> and, so everyone has a joke about yeah. it. So I'll stop and I'll like look in the mirror and I'm like I look so masculine and that's a trigger because it's like oh I better hurry and put something feminine on. You know like. I can't be like this. I need to look very like a girl like a woman. And it's like that's an old trigger. I, yeah. I don't. I don't want to look like that. I would want to wear something You're like, I want to be pretty and lacy. I want to wear like a baseball cap and some sweats and tennis shoes and go and do my mic, see if it works and then go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so interesting. Yeah. And so other little things like, you know, lo- looking a certain way when you leave the house, you know, I, it took me a really long time to let go of appearance. And I, yeah. I, when I say let go, I'm saying it very loosely. I'm, I'm like, struggling. I'm, I'm hanging on and struggling. Well, and you know, like, LA is the hardest place to let go of because you can go like, oh. I don't even care, and then you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, What's that? Yeah. Or when I you're like, can, Everyone is getting Botox except me. 
or you can like not even care I'll, I'll like hibernate and stay home and work really hard on a project online and i'll talk to my friends on the phone and stuff and i think i'm social i'm not and then i'll, I'll go back out and i'll be like every fucking looks so good like what what am i doing i, I thought we were I relaxing. a little bit of weight and we're all the same age here right guys like what what's going like, on what's happening what why does everybody look so fresh yeah well in la it's such it's just heightened i always say that if i lived anywhere else i'd probably be 20 pounds heavier and not even think about it oh it, it'd be so great yeah, like be happy i would have gray hair for sure uh long gray hair just long hippie just, gray yeah just hippie long gray hair and just be barefoot and just long skirts. i would love the only thing that keeps me from regularly being barefoot is that i don't want someone to think it's my brand like i love not wearing shoes i'm barefoot all the time though but, but because of my pool yeah i mean i would just i think barefoot is a good brand though because there's been no other comics in a while that have done that there was comics back in who did that before i don't know i feel like somebody has maybe but who's the dude that takes has his shirt off and everything oh burt kreischer yeah yeah so, i just it's this it's going back to like you don't want to be the polygamous girl i don't want to be the barefoot lady but then maybe and you don't want to be, but barefoot you don't want to be the waffle house girl either yeah it's like maybe at some point you got to go like maybe i just have to be you don't want to be the girl that has any kind of like you know mental, mental problems health, but it's or you don't want to be the girl that's uh, you know has a boyfriend or doesn't have a boyfriend or this yeah. or that or it's like. But then with entertainment, you almost have to be. It feels like you have to be like, I'm just gonna go in the box for now and let you call me that, yeah. and then hope that gets me to where I have control enough to. I'm just realizing this out loud. Like, oh no, maybe I just need to bite the bullet and fucking lean well, into one of the things. Well, the thing is, I don't want to sit and talk about this um, comedy or the cult stuff, cult comedy constantly. Um, the reason that I want to do this as a comedy special first as my first comedy special like is because through. I want to say, look, it's done. I did that. I talked about it. I've shared it and it's there. It's right there. Go watch that. Is there a part of you that's like looking forward to like never talking? about? Absolutely. It? You want to go? I did the special. I'm done. Yes, absolutely. I don't want to bring this yeah. back up. That makes sense. Because there's people that are like, like uh, Joaquin Phoenix. He's, you know, raised and he was raised in a cult too. Yeah. And, but you know he i didn't they, know that i just said yeah, yeah like but I their family <laughs> they t they talked about it publicly and he's still doing his little things like you know he did his little vegan thing at the golden globes and yeah, yeah. he does his little things because he's doing it for a smaller amount but he was raised in a cult and that's the way he is the way he is too yeah so i would let i just don't want to be branded as like that's the girl that's kind of crazy and she has all these sad traumatic stories and you know how it is when you have the person that is like sad all the time. You don't want to ever call them. You don't want to go watch their dumb comedy talking about their dumb shit. I want to see all your boohoo. <laughs> I've heard all your problems already. And da, da, da. yeah, where you're like, I want to be able to just move into silly and like, I, and and not where, have it be all about like, <gasps> oh my god, so deep. I yeah. don't want it to have to be so deep all the it's time. Like I want to be a clown. <laughs> yeah, I want to get up on the stage and have some fun and do really silly, funny jokes, and you know. Lisa Sunstead, who is, is a, another great comic Yeah, here. She's, she's been on the show before. Okay, so she's got a really funny joke that she uh, used to do a whole lot where it's just so st stupid. It's funny where she just was like, I'm not wearing any um, panties. And then she pulls up her dress and she has on Spanx underneath. She's like, I'm wearing these. And she yeah. just stands there with this funny face and the way that her Spanx are all like out of place and stuff. It's just, it's so a great. forever laugh with me. Like, yeah. And, and I learned just so a silly much. Bit. I learned so much just from that that it had nothing to do with any other trauma. It had nothing to do with anything weird. It had nothing to do with anything, and it made me laugh. And that's the kind of stuff I want to get to. Yeah. But I have to earn my way there by saying, 
here's this because you have to get the thing that makes people pay attention so that you then have the audience. I have to, everybody has to have a gimmick. I know. And if your gimmick is polygamy, it's not your choice. Yeah. Or Waffle House. That's not your choice, but that's what we've got. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat right now of like i guess i'm just gonna lean into those stories and tiffany haddish i mean sure didn't she didn't want to be a you know a foster kid with yeah. a m- mom that's mentally ill yeah and it's like oh and well no, we didn't actually want it either and so now yeah. i don't want the material but what can you do yeah and then you look at some of it, but then there are the other comics that are doing things and i see them do it and i feel like you're cheating because you're not talking about the real deep 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 truth yeah making that funny what are you doing winnie cummings talking about just dating what yeah it's like <laughs> Or you know, why can't Eliza, I do that? Eliza, like, like, like we're talking about dating and stuff. Let's talk about, talking about how crazy girls are. You're like, who you hurt know? you? Yeah, tell me who hurt you. <laughs> yeah, I want to know why you are get, you like that? Why yeah. do you need a dog? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I want and and I'm I'm looking forward to that. Okay, yeah. I already have my jokes set up, and it's going to be a lot about my husband, about having you know sex with my husband when we're trying to get the dogs out of the bed, and just silliness, just fun, silly, because I want relatable. Sh- Cause it's that time in life for me. I, I've been through so much of the trauma and I've, I hid that as an identity for so long too. When yeah. I was in foster care, people didn't all know unless Cause they, you don't want people to. Yeah. And when I first came to LA for years, nobody knew anything until much later. I finally went and did good morning America. Cause they found me Ugh. and um, Were you trying to not be found. Yeah, I didn't. Well, it was when the prophet died. It was on the oh, news, and then 90s-ish, they tracked me down. Ish, probably. Yeah. Wow. Um, it was he just you? Did they track down some a couple other girls? No, he went to prison in the nineties, but he didn't die until just a few years oh, back, yeah, like yeah, five, yeah. six years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's what I. Yeah. Okay. Because I was a girl that was on the paper that had you know I had called social services on and shut the group down. So it was because of me that that everything started to unravel and the group fell apart. Whoa. Because of me and my big mouth. You just had to go spouting yeah. off. I just had to go thoughts. talking and yapping my mouth and, you know. Oh, man. I have two more questions on that note. Okay. You said you have a daughter. Yes. Were you worried when you f- first found out you were having a daughter that the things that had been kind of like indoctrinated or like like the ideals for women that had been put into you, you were going to like accidentally put too much pressure on the wrong things for her no i actually thought that i was like a saint of a parent <laughs> and i know You're i like, wasn't well, you know like <laughs> i mean like i know but what yeah you could ask her looks like yeah so you I'm could ask that. you could ask her and she'd be like fuck you mom you are no saint but <laughs> um yeah she's uh you know i mean she's she's a good girl yeah she turned out yeah you're like <laughs> and then um I'm going to ask you a question and I also want to know how many times people ask you this, but have you watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I have. And I think it's, it's funny. And I think that that's just goes to show that you can make fun of funny things because my God, she's like locked in a bunker with these women by this madman. Did you identify with that at all? I did. I actually did a little video that said, who's the real Kimmy Schmidt? Me. Hello. Yeah. I mean, I am the real Kimmy Schmidt because they put me in the middle of like, okay, here's life. There you go. And that's just what your it was bunker like. was just a cul-de-sac. Nobody else came to. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. But certain things would happen in life that I'm just like, I have to sit and listen and be quiet just to try to figure it out as I'm going along. Like people went to the moon. What do you mean? Like, You're like what is this? A metaphor? Okay. So what do you mean? So Arvin's not the president of the United States. There's a different president. That's, and it's like little. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, you just anything, you know, so a lot of like listening so that you don't the basics, basic things from life. And, 
what is a Republican and what is a Democrat? I learned those things so late, you know, and And, uh, do you just kind of, did you just kind of accept like, there's just gonna be shit. I don't know. I'm just going to ask and deal with it. Or were you like, let me just not let anyone. I actually learned, I actually learned earlier on with even the dancing and, and stuff that the stupider I acted, the more I got. Oh, yeah, because people just and also like as an attractive woman, mm-hmm. it's a card you can play. It was a card that I would play and it was and it and it worked to my advantage because I I was um, I was traumatized and I used what I knew how to use. And that was the seduction. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would have, you know, relationships and with and at first it was like just with, you know, I went from having crazy relationships. I mean, I would date the most insane people and think it was normal i mean i dated mike tyson you know what i mean jesus yeah, i mean Christ. hey i know can you imagine what the cult would have thought of that i mean they would have looked down <laughs> upon that if i can go from one extreme to the next that's me you know like hey let's try this out that looks like fun let's just do the exact opposite yeah. i mean I'm, that sounds like it's the exact opposite of arvin exactly it was and it's <laughs> so it's just me like you know trying everything wrong until now, I feel like I'm in a place in my life where I'm starting to get things more right. Yeah. But then I'm starting freeing. to get so comfortable that I'm like, I don't want to leave the house and do anything now. Why does it, you know, because like. You know what, though? It's like part of me because I'll get like that, too. And then and it's like, oh, where did I, I used to be so social. But then part yeah. of me is like. And ambitious. Yeah. But you know what? It's like if you spend so much time feeling traumatized and alone and we're kind of like just like didn't feel safe for so long yeah i get why when you finally feel secure you'd be like i'm just gonna stay here you can feel really lonely even in a room full of people yeah and i can actually feel more lonely in a room full of people than i can when i'm at home safe with my my dogs or you know my intent or project that i'm working on without having to worry about their energy or what these other people are doing yeah so true but i do feel like that there, there definitely were some positives coming out of um the bad things and the other thing that I learned earlier on um because the you know those things happened to me in the group that it, it wasn't like I wasn't like like thrown down and raped and beat up it was like a horrible thing okay it was a horrible thing but it wasn't like it wasn't like that wasn't the situation right it was like a it, it was horrible in other ways but I was not like you know bruised and hospitalized type of thing it wasn't physically violent no not at all and and this old man had like a one he had a one inch penis and that's probably why he did what he did it's like he was it was just a horrible thing in every single way but it wasn't one that i was like it's not something i couldn't get over and i knew that right away yeah they're like i'll be but it gave me enough of like that dangerous kind of like a, a tweak in my mind that i've always kept i've kept myself out of situations just by instinct so many times that I've had friends around me um, that have died. I've had friends around me that have overdosed. I've had friends around me that have killed themselves. Like, and this is all just like one person away. And there's been situations where I've just manipulated my way out because I, I can feel you just like something's not right because I've always been so on it, like watching to see what's going to happen next. Yeah. So when everybody else is having a good time about what's going on, my other part is like, look, what's, where's the door? Who's here? Who's saying what? Who's getting contentious? Hypervigilant. Yeah. 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 And then you could all, I could also tell with 
uh, anger when it would get to a certain point, even just with my parents, when when you know the dangers in the room. Yeah, yeah. When everybody else is like, oh, they're just screwing around, or somebody's making loud noises. It's like I would, and you're like, no, this yeah, is bad. And I've yeah, and I've left, and I've saved my life over and over again. That way, that's a skill that you've got. Like absolutely, and I and from... I could walk outside right now, and and you know something happened, but for. Up to this point, I really feel like that's kept me safe, even through the dancing and the lifestyle that I lived was really not one, you know, of safety and, oh, for and, sure. dancing and is you know, very dangerous. being a, you know, string out drug addict dancer is, you know, traveling around, um, you know, and some of the like the biggest uh, strip clubs in America, you know, yeah. and you know, for those of you who live in other countries or whatever, like the strip, there's some strip clubs here that are like very um, high end gentlemen's clubs, like in Vegas that are just like multi-million dollar clubs. The stages yes. are just like, you know, and you get this facade and this feeling that you're a star when you're not. So yeah. I had like this false like feeling false. too, like. From the time I was a kid in the lingerie shows, I thought I'm a star for this person because if they like my show, they're going to come and join us and we're going to go to heaven. Yeah. And then when I'm older, I'm like, great, they're going to like this. And we're going to go to our VIP. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm going to get more money. Exactly. Get me into heaven. Yeah. And then I had to take that skill and all that's what I'd had and put it in my pocket and put it away and take that confidence that I had with that and say, OK, now, how can I do this just with talking? Yeah. How do and I jokes this? and and just using you know use what you've got use what i've got without using what i've got but not all of what i got use the other things i got use the other part of what i've got from having what i got yeah (laughs) wow but then there's this other thing too like it's weird like i said this at an open mic once and i think it was just because i was surrounded by comedians but i was like what (laughs) is it about being traumatized that makes us want to be famous (laughs) i mean truly (laughs) And then it's like, now will you love me? Only comedians got it. They were like, wait, what? Because it's like a whole bunch of people that just want to, they just, it's not just even having famous, they want to make big audiences laugh with them and have fun and connect on a bigger level. They want to feel a pile of love coming back. That's what it feels like. Yeah. A giant hug from an audience all loving you. Yeah. And where you can walk off a stage and you can like hold your heart and feel like, whatever higher power there is if there's a god you know the universe if there is such a thing as god outside of the cult (laughs) you know then i want to feel it so that's why i'm going after the things that i am no that like zen feeling when you really connect on a set and it's just like yeah so if you want to connect with me if you want to connect with me go to amber dot don d-a-w-n dot lee at yeah instagram or wherever else (laughs) yes um no that's great and is there any Anything else you want to plug or any thoughts or... Oh, I have so many projects that I'm working on and they're, you know, all of them are various stages of development. I think that I'm at the stage now too where I'm like starting to attach different people to different projects because I've gone as far as I can go with certain things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then again, this the main thing I'm focused on is this cult comedy special. I hope that you've you've read it. I read, yeah, yeah. And I'm... I'm so yeah. excited for it. Do you have a timeline or are you just seeing when it feels right? Um, I, or an ideal, like hopefully. Recording? I had an ideal of about like, you know, six, six to seven months. And that's just after seeing Angelina's. Yeah. So, I mean, if you put in the work that what she took and then made into her special, it was like. Yeah. Mind-blowing. Yeah. And so, watching how she worked was very helpful for me, too. Yeah. It, and me, too. And then seeing that that she didn't 
beat herself up over like being exactly perfect and which made it perfect. Yeah. You just go out like you end up. I have the material. I go out have fun. If I miss a joke, I miss a joke. If I miss a joke, then you go back and you say it the next time around. Yeah. Because you're recording. And, you, and then if you miss it the next time, they're like, OK, stop. Say this joke. And they say it and it's there. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how. Like, and I put so much pressure on too. like, OK, I've got to have like this and I've got to have that. And then I get into those what are other people going to think? Are they going to think I've been in comedy long enough? Or are they going to think I'm throwing my trauma onto them? It's also just like, and I hate that. It's like, you got to yeah. forget about at some point when you know, like you're creating something and it's, it just feels right. And it's what mm-hmm. you're meant to be creating. You have to remember it's for that one person yeah. that needs to hear it. That one person yeah. that could be on their way out. You never know. Yeah. And they needed Put to hear that one little on. thing. Don't worry about what other people in your profession are going to say. Or and think. haters are also fans. If they have the time to comment on anything that you're doing. They're coming to see it. They're a fan. Oh, especially <laughs> people who are recurring. You're like. They're back again point, to complain more. Yeah. 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 You know me well enough now. You know. Yeah, you just you keep mentioned an back. old bit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm very excited for it. Thank you for letting Thank me you. pick your brain on the thing that you're probably so fucking tired of. Um, um you know, well, I, I'm I'm not tired of it right now. Right now, I'm in that state of like, let's get excited about it. Let's laugh about it. About it. And- yeah, let's laugh our asses off about it, and let's make fun of it, and then we can all just you know hug each other and heal from it. Let me get a Netflix special, and then go on to the next thing, which will have to do with you know. Whatever. sillier things yeah. a lighter on a lighter Take side my husband yeah um, a lighter side of of things amazing well everyone go follow amber don lee at amber dot don dot lee yeah or you know just if you just go to go into google and look up amber don lee yeah. instagram and whatever i'll come up find her follow her all the follows help by the way don't get lazy on following people because the industry looks at that shit they do and it's it's like it's annoying. there's nothing worse than a youtuber to make you feel bad with all their followers they're like <laughs> and you're like why who is watching this i know stop uh, yes. anyway thank you for doing this with well me. thank you so much for having me this is a great podcast thank you guys for listening and uh she's just as peppy and fun in person as she is up on the stage so keep watching her <laughs> bye well, there you go. Amber, Don Lee, and Arvin, and their whole Mormon polygamist disaster nightmare. Uh, heavy stuff. Uh, feel free to join the Facebook group, Ignorance is hashtag blessed. Uh, ig- idiots, excuse me. Ignorance is blessed idiots uh, to start a conversation about this. If you want to talk more, did you think stuff was crazy? What are your thoughts? Like, is your mind blown? Can you relate to something? Are you like, I didn't think this was real? Whatever. Um, get over there, start a conversation, meet some other idiots. Um, if you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes. Share the podcast with your friends because everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Make, your, make sure you go over and, um, you know, give Amber a follow and stuff. And a uh, big thank you to John, Jean, Greg, Kathy, and Terry, the exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots on Patreon. Um, you guys help keep all these episodes flowing. And I am grateful for your patronship, but more importantly, the friendship we have developed via the internet and all of its weirdness. If you want to join the League of Extraordinary Idiots and uh, get cool postcards from me on the road, other cool stuff, VIP, um, free tickets to shows, etc., etc., and more content, check out patreon.com slash ignoranceisblessed. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter I guess at blessed podcast. I really should post there more. It's very inactive, but 
but the uh, Instagram is good. Ignorance is blessed podcast. No, ignorance is blessed on Instagram. You can see faces to all the people I interview. So that's kind of a cool place to put a face to the voice you're hearing in your head. Um, you know, the one on the podcast, the rest of them I can't help you with, but good luck. Um, and if you have any additional questions for any guest, for Amber Dawn or another topic you would like to hear covered or someone specific to interview that would be good for a certain topic, feel free to send them my way. You can tweet them at me. You can send them to me on my Facebook fan page. The easiest way to do it is request it in the Facebook fan group. So, uh, fan group, Facebook podcast group. My God, I can't chug coffee fast enough. Denver snow is making me a zombie. Um, yeah, go to the Facebook group and be like, Ooh, could you interview someone who does this? And it's just more likely that I'll see it at a timelier manner because I don't always see all my tweets and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, I'll always do my best to deliver as much as I can and keep asking questions because the more we ask, the more we learn and the more we know, and the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. <laughs>